the very latest from our local ag industry. The Farming Show with Dylan Honkoop is next on KGMI News Talk 790, 96.5 FM and KGMI.com. It keeps your workers warm. It keeps your heavy equipment running. It keeps your customers happy. Propane. Let us take the pain out of propane. We'll make sure your tanks are full so you don't have to. Skagit Farmers Supply provides safe, efficient delivery service for business, agriculture, and residential. Visit them today and see how they can keep you warm this winter at SkagitFarmers.com. Lindale Glass is your premier window and door company in Whatcom and Skagit County. With over 35 years of professional installation experience, you can rely on the dedicated employees at Lindale Glass to provide an exceptional install. Lindale Glass features Milgard windows and doors, leading the industry with innovative, high-quality products. You can be assured of a product that is customized for your home. No shortcuts, no gimmicks, just excellent service and exceptional quality from Milgard. Visit a Lindale showroom to learn more or online at lindaleglass.com. When I think about my grandparents, it takes me back to warm memories of meals shared around their dining room table and laughter exchanged around their fireplace. Hi, I'm Brad Barron, CEO and fourth-generation Barron at Barron Heating, AC, Electrical, and Plumbing. Over 50 years ago, my grandfather installed Barron's first fireplace in one of Whatcom County's newest developments, Sudden Valley. Grandpa Dan took great pride in his craftsmanship, ensuring that every fireplace or stove he installed was truly the heart of his customer's home. Today, Barron continues his tradition by providing beautifully crafted hearth products through its Firelight by Barron division, featuring America's best-known brands of stoves, fireplaces, and inserts, a Baron Firelight expert can help you build your perfect flame. Visit a Baron showroom today and browse our endless options tailored to your style and budget. Plus, save up to $300 with year-end specials good through January 31st. Let us set the stage for you to create memories that last for generations. Firelight by Baron, a tradition of warmth and beauty since 1972. Our mission, improving lives. Preserving a future for farming in Whatcom County. Letting the community know what's really going on with farming. Getting young people plugged in. Educational efforts. It's, I mean, it's what we do here on this show. It's what I do with my work with Whatcom Family Farmers, as well as the rest of the team that I work with. And a lot of people in this community, thankfully, are very passionate about it. And welcome to The Farming Show. Dylan Honkoop here on KGMI. The people who donate to Whatcom Family Farmers to make the whole thing work are the reason why I'm able to have this program and to do the things that I do, as well as the rest of my team. And that is so appreciated. Um, but I get questions a lot. How can we help? How can we support what you're doing dylan or what your co-workers are doing uh, we saw this cool event you had you know all these hundreds and hundreds of third graders coming through the whatcom farm circle in the fall how, how do we how do we there are different ways to support all these educational efforts for our community and an important way to support that is coming up joining me right now on the farming show is ellie steensma corbin i almost forgot to you're married now 
I, I, I almost, almost forgot to get the real last name in there. Um, of course, uh, you know, grew up on a local dairy farm, uh, background in education now. And I always forget the your education and outreach coordinator. Is that the right term? Yep, that's right. Okay. You got it. <laughs> Second really time's embarrassing. The charm. It's really <laughs> embarrassing when you get a coworker's uh, job title wrong. <laughs> Around here, I guess, we're a small shop, so it's like everybody kind of does a lot of everything. A lot of, <laughs> <yep>. <laughs> a lot of jack-of-all-trades stuff mm-hmm. happening here uh, at Whatcom Family Farmers. But, Ellie, we are having our... This is the second time we've done it, right? Yep, that's right. And the first one was because of COVID, mm-hmm. because we couldn't have, back in 2020, we couldn't have our normal farmer rally gathering. So we thought, what what can we do to connect with the community and allow people an opportunity to support? Well, turns out that in 2020, like everybody seemed to be doing this whole online auction thing. Mm-hmm. Despite that, it went really well, yeah. even though like everybody and their dog was in the same boat as us trying to... You know, like, how do we get support? We can't do our normal annual events, whatever, fundraiser, dinner, yada, yada. Let's do an online auction. Despite all of that, we had a huge amount of support. Mm -hmm. The stuff that we had donated to auction off was super cool. And so I just wanted to bring you on the program here to explain how this works, because I've already had people reach out to me saying, hey, I hear you're doing this again. I want to be a part of it. So explain. This is growing our future together Online auction happening on March 13th through 19th of this year, 2023. Yeah, 2023. Crazy, right? (laughs) So explain how it works. Yeah, so this is the second online auction that Whatcom Family Farmers will hold. And the unique thing about this auction in particular is that all of the proceeds for the auctions, whether it be sponsorships or donated items, all of those proceeds go back to support all of our education programs. So that's why I got pulled in to help, which is great. And it's been fun to already see some of the different donated items rolling in. For example, Skolton's equipment donated one week of excavator or other equipment services that can be rented mm. out. And Mount Baker Mobile Mixing donated two yards of concrete. So just all these different businesses come yeah. into just offer their services, which is a great opportunity for them to be able to showcase, hey, here's what our business does. And then in the meantime, they're also able to support our farmers and our education programs by putting it into our auction. I think it's, well, there's a few reasons why I think this is super cool and why, you know, there's all different fundraisers out there. And, you know, if we were just having a dinner, that could be, you know, very much a a support to our organization. We've done Mm -hmm. things like that before. Mm -hmm. But I don't know if I I would, you know, have a big conversation like we're having about it on a radio show. Like, this is different when you're doing and it seems like the farming community does these kinds of things better than almost any other group, because the auction isn't just you know, little trinkets that people have made, nothing against those. I mean, there are those kinds of things as well, people mm-hmm. who love that. They aren't just uh, giving away vacations or, you know, fishing trips, even though there is that. <laughs> yep. But it's real stuff. I don't know. Maybe it's just because I'm a farm kid, but that really appeals to I remember last year, I don't know about this year, but one local business donated, I think it was, I don't know if it was just one load or multiple loads of pit run gravel. Mm-hmm. Like, 
And what's cool about all that to me, beyond just those are the kinds of things that, like you said, Skolton's equipment, a rental of an excavator or something. Hey, that's something I could actually use. It's not just something to hang on the wall. I agree. It's like practical stuff. Like we have some of that artwork stuff too and floral offerings, various artistic aspects, which are awesome to incorporate. But it has like practical stuff too. It's a good like mix of so many different options that people can bid on. And then again, support back to our education programs and our farmers in the meantime, which is just a good mix. And the win-win there is, Mm -hmm. well, it's it's a win-win-win, really. Because the person who is buying the item or service or whatever is being auctioned off wins because they get that Mm -hmm. and oftentimes they can get that get something that they're going to buy anyway so instead of their dollars just going to a business they go to our organization to help what we're doing and they still get what they were going to pay for anyway well yeah supporting that business too getting an a connection to that and then for the business that donates it they get to show hey they support what we're doing here and even advertise a little bit Mm -hmm. it's not technically advertising but it's like hey here's something that we have and check it out and maybe it's an opportunity for someone who maybe didn't know about that business or didn't know about a particular service that they provide or goods that they provide so everybody wins in this it's such a like community builder Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely so okay Right now, this is still, this is coming up in March. It's a ways out yet. So, and I mm-hmm. talked about this last week on the program as well. Why are we talking about this so early? Well, now is the time to get all the stuff together. So That's really, right. it's it, it's as important right now to be talking about this to people who might want to donate and support that way. How can people do it? That's right. So... Um, on our website, we just uploaded a place where people can find our donation and sponsorship forms. So if they go onto our website and go to the events page, it will say when the auction is, which is March 13 through 19. I'll be online, but again, now is the time to be putting in all of the donations, sponsorships, mm-hmm. getting on board with that. For the sponsorships in particular, now is a good time so that we can include all these local businesses on our print media that we're putting out for the auction and include them on any recognition that we do, like on our social media pages and such. We want to be able to give them recognition for supporting us. And then, yeah, for the items, we'll already start uh, putting out some samples of what items are available to just show people what's going to be coming up in this fun event for them to bid on so now is the time to put all of that in so basically you can support by sponsoring the event Mm -hmm. with your person or much more likely your business Mm -hmm. and that's just to support making this event happen and then you can also support by donating something to be auctioned off yeah item service whatever it might be boating trip yeah. Then also you can support it by buying something yeah. during the actual auction. Yep. And there's kind of a raise the paddle sort of thing too, where people can just make their donation at that point as well. That's right. Yeah. So all again, all of the all of the proceeds for this support our education programs and one of the services in the auction that you can bid on is just donating 
some money to support our different programs, Real Environmental Action and Leadership, Whatcom Farm Circle, and then the Real Food, Real People podcast, which, of course, you know. I, I've, I've heard of that podcast. <laughs> As a matter this is the Farming Show, by the way, here on, on KGMI. Just taking a few minutes this morning to share with you, you know, I know I, there are a lot of folks who are loyal listeners of this program. And, you know, I hear from them. Usually it's right after the show. So here in a little bit is usually that yeah, 8 o'clock hour uh, <laughs> Saturday morning live gets going. That's when the texts start coming in off of things I talked about here on the program. <laughs> like, where did you talk? You know, how can I get in touch with that person? Or um, you got this wrong. You should have actually said this or that about, you know, farming and the issues that we talk about um, on this program. But wanted to talk about uh, this morning with this audience that is so loyal not just to the show, but the reason that they care about the show isn't because of me or the show or whatever. It's because of their passion for the farming community that we have here in Whatcom County and in Skagit County and the Pacific Northwest. We have something special. People care about that. And like I said earlier, people often want to know, how can we support? Like, what what's the way we can really do that? And sometimes that's not always clear. This one is super easy on all these levels that we just talked about. So again, you go to the website. Are there things that people need to know as they go in? Like, there's form. You just download the forms and send them in? Or how does it work to actually be a sponsor, donate an item, etc.? Yeah, so again, all of those resources are available on our events page of our website, welcomefamilyfarmers.org. You can go onto that events page and the auction will be the top item, assuming we don't have any other big sporadic <laughs> event that comes up anytime soon. We'll tell Deanna to keep it on the top. Yeah, that's on yeah. the top and you'll be able to see there just general information about the auction, but then also, like you said, Dylan, our forms for being a sponsor or a donor and you can email those forms into us right there on our website, info at walkinfamilyfarmers.org, or you can mail them into our office, our P.O. box. Okay, so then the next step is that I, I should mention here is that this is donating to a 501c3 that's right, non-profit, nonprofit organization, mm-hmm. so that's a tax-deductible donation right. as well, that's right. which can be very important for some folks. Mm-hmm. So that's a, a reminder as well, so you can donate this way, you can support, sponsor, um, yes. but you said to support education programs, and that's where I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit. You just yeah. named them. But talk, you're the education and outreach coordinator for Whatcom Family Farmers here. Yep. Yeah. So what are you working on? What are we doing? I mean, I kind of know, but you work day to day on this stuff. I help support, but I do other things in the advocacy realm. Mm -hmm. What's Mm -hmm. going on in education? What What do you guys really mean? I have people ask me this. What do you mean when you say education? Isn't everything that you do education? Well, yes and no, right? Right. So I guess my role is more of kind of on the younger generation side, Mm -hmm. kind of trying to inspire that next group of leaders, voters, kids who are going to be exposed to, you know, everyone should know where their food is coming from. So more in the academic, like traditional, what you would think of education. Education, young adults, young people, students, Mm -hmm. that area. So the main event that our education program has here at Whatcom Family Farmers is the Whatcom Farm Circle. So in October, we had our seventh annual Whatcom Farm Circle. That's kind of the big event that we put on every year for third graders. 
where they come to the fairgrounds and get to learn about all different kind of categories of agriculture and how they can be connected to it. Especially now, I just feel like so many kids have very little exposure, if like basically none exposure to agriculture as compared to even like 10, 20 years ago Mm -hmm. when everyone had some kind of farm connection, grandparents, parents, or whatnot. So this is a really impactful way that we can connect with people. And And we just had you on the show, what, a month or two ago to kind of wrap up on how it went this year. Record-setting year this past, it's like every year it continues to grow after the hiccup that was the pandemic year. Yep, we had our online version of the Farm Circle, which is still great, still available if anybody wants to check it out. It's very educational. I still watch the videos just to kind of like use them sometimes for I would but the narrator is a total dork oh yeah absolutely yeah don't you doesn't that guy drive you nuts (laughs) yeah just no it's me (laughs) I know just just in in case you're wondering out there it's me I narrated the videos they're like hey you talk you know about microphones do it okay and I I happen to know about raspberries and oh men dairy a little bit this and that it worked out nicely um Oh, what, what else was I going to ask? So Whatcom Farm Circle. Yeah, so that's the big and one. That's mm-hmm. that's the big one, which, by the way, I don't want to say too much, but you guys have some kind of, you're working on some big ideas yeah. relating to that, right? Yeah. Of how to maybe take that whole idea even to the next step one way or the well, other. Well, and even like getting more students to come. We probably didn't hit half of the third graders in Whatcom County just because wow. there's, it's, it's growing. Whatcom County's growing, which is great, but... And, and There's just, only so much we can do in three days, right? Right. So. And the capacity of the event was, you're feeling like, could be getting full. Like, how do yeah. you squeeze more in? May have to figure something different. Yeah. I think there's something meaningful about having, like, a small group. You don't want to have yes. too many kids. Yeah. Because um, you can't reach them as easily that way. Kids can't ask questions. <laughs> yeah. For people who've never been good. to the farm circle, you don't understand it until you see it. And you yeah. see these kids who are pumped. They're raising their hands. They're asking questions. They're they're able to talk to farmers and people who know about this growing food stuff face to face. And and that's I and think the most powerful. That's part even of that. another way that if people are interested in helping out with our programs, that's another way that people can help out is volunteering at that event. So that's nice. every year in yeah. October. Also, we have the real program, Real Environmental Action and Leadership. Yep. So the goal with that is just helping people develop a broader understanding of what farmers are doing to promote environmental and conservational efforts to improve that area. And just people have probably seen a lot of our videos on that may or may not have known that they're part of that campaign. Mm-hmm. You know, that, you know, the video about the partnership on the digester out at, at Aline or, yeah. you know, some of the tree planting along fish trap Creek or the fish friendly floodgates. You know, we've done a couple of those, you know, uh, featuring the, the one out there on oh, Duffner ditch. And then previously out at rich apples mm-hmm. um, there by the river towards Ferndale that's all been part of that video series and been, you know, it's been possible to share those stories with the community because of the support. Yeah, support for that program in particular. Yeah. yeah. So we're working on a few ideas for that for this upcoming year, maybe working with some local animal agriculture. Yeah. Um, well, it, it often happens, and this is my, you know, I'm more the advocacy side than the education side, and some people view that as just semantics, but it, there, there are some differences. But that's important, I see. When 
when I, on my side, deal with misinformation, people telling false information about farming, trying to play on people's fears, whatever the game might be, it gets political, it can get nasty, but it goes back to people's lack of awareness. Mm -hmm. So people with an agenda can push a false narrative and people don't know better just because they don't. But also, it, it, I'll see farming community folks say, hey, that's totally unfair. We do all this good stuff. And I, fair, you know, it's, it's right in some cases for members of the public who don't know to say, oh, yeah, what are you talking about? What are you, farmers are doing good things for the environment. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I initially get frustrated too because I know about those things, but does everybody else? Right. And that's where the farming community here in supporting this kind of a program is stepping up to tell those stories Allowing so people those do stories know. Because we can't yeah. just mm -hmm. expect that, you know, something great happened with restoring a stream out in the back 40 of somebody's farm. That's incredible and environmental win. It's awesome for the community. But if nobody gets out video and shares the story on social media and explains how it all came together, nobody even knows yeah, exactly. that there was that investment in that. So anyway, there's my soapbox speech <laughs> for it. And I think you probably don't have to talk too much about the Real Food, Real People podcast. Yeah, they probably because, hear about that a lot. Yeah, I, I do tend to talk. That's my podcast, by the <laughs> way, folks. Please subscribe on YouTube. Subscribe. Well, well, follow it on Facebook and on Instagram and on Twitter and or subscribe and make sure you get every episode as i produce we're on the season break so we're, we're we're wrapped up with season three headed towards season four um, but you can find it on spotify apple Podcasts, etc etc it's about reconnecting folks who like we said earlier have no connection with their food system to the the real people who actually do it so we share some info about you know how farming works but more importantly we share the humanity that goes into it and how much these folks care and how important it is and how you can trust your food mm -hmm. and how it's being produced. Okay, we're almost out of time. I've been talking way too much, Ellie. <laughs> but any parting words here just on how people can get connected with, other than putting it on their calendar, what is it, March? March 13 to 19. Okay. Online auction. But right now, so get that on your calendar, but right now you can consider donating, sponsoring, anything else they need to know. Yeah, donating, sponsoring, and again, it's all going to support these different education programs that we've been blabbing about. It's all part of our auction theme, which is growing our future together. We all have to work together to help educate the future of agriculture and build it up in our community. WatcomFamilyFarmers.org is the page. Go to the events tab. If you don't see the, the link right there on the front page, uh, Ellie Steensma, Whitecomb Family Farmers Education and Outreach Coordinator. Thanks for being with us on the program yeah. here this morning. Thank you. Oh, and of course, we should also thank the uh, title sponsor, Larson Gross CPAs and Consultants, for supporting um, this online auction. Again, Larson Gross CPAs and Consultants, our title sponsor for this event. Um, and, you know, they're a sponsor, but we're still looking for more sponsors. Now you can mow, dig, grade, haul, and more with the perfect solution for your property, a Branson tractor. Save your back and your wallet with one of our compact but powerful tractors here at Farmers Equipment Company. Stop by and choose from our full line of Bransons to take on your toughest tasks. With tractors from 19 to 55 horsepower, we have a Branson compact or utility tractor that is perfect for you. Want to use a rotary cutter to tame that tall brush on your property? You can do that. 
What about snagging a scoop from that pile of gravel to maintain your driveway free of potholes? You can do that too. Branson's six-year warranty along with our factory trained technicians will make sure your new tractor is always running great. Get the tractor you want and the peace of mind you need at Farmers Equipment Company. To learn more, visit us online at FarmersEquip.com or stop by our locations in Linden or Burlington today. Farmers Equipment Company, serving the Pacific Northwest for over 86 years. You'll love what you find at Wilson's. Your living room is looking pretty good, but there's something missing in that corner. It's time for a trip to Wilson's. Wilson's Furniture will have dozens of great-looking accent chairs to choose from, and one is bound to be perfect for your room. And right now, with winter sale pricing, that chair will look even better. Wilson's Furniture in Ferndale. Start off the new year with the resolution to get a better night's sleep. And Wilson's Furniture has one of the largest selections of mattresses in the Northwest. Memory foam, pillow top, inner spring, and adjustable in a wide range of firmness levels that guarantee you'll find the perfect mattress for you. All at winter sale pricing. Wilson's open seven days a week. Family room, living room, bedroom, or kitchen. If one or more of the rooms in your house needs a new look, then look to Wilson's Furniture to help you out. And with winter sale pricing, Wilson's will help you get the look for any room just the way you want it and at a price that will make you happy. Wilson's on Pacific Highway in Ferndale. Hello, folks. Are you ready to get your estate planning affairs in order but you don't know where to start? Would you like to hear about the difference between wills and trusts? Do you want to learn how to avoid probate? Do you have questions about Social Security and Medicare? Is it important to you to make life as easy as possible on your spouse and loved ones if something should happen to you? This is Phil George. I'm an elder law and estate planning attorney here in Bellingham. Join me right here on KGMI every Saturday at 1 p.m. for the Aging Hour. And let me show you how to set your family up for success in your retirement. The latest news and important topics of the day from the West Mechanical Studio. Don't worry about your furnace on the coldest days of the year. Talk with West Mechanical, your independent train dealer, about replacing your old inefficient furnace with a train comfort system. Today, find them at westmechanical.net. Get the latest news and information 24-7 with KGMI News Talk 790, 96.5 FM in Bellingham and KGMI.com. The opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of KGMI or the Cascade Radio Group. The headline. Proposed biomethane plant in Sunnyside, Washington, could bring benefits. But, sharker of sharkers, environmental advocates have concerns oh so basically this is not the the first time we've heard this the 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 format here is farmers plan to do something that's good for the environment but it's not good enough for the activists that have to uh, try to pretend all the time like they actually care about the environment but they really just want to um, oppose anything that particularly dairy farming and a lot of other farming does. Okay. That may be a bit of a gross um, uh, oversimplification of it, but really, sadly, it rings true too many times. Here we go. Again, proposed biomethane plant in Sunnyside could bring benefits, but environmental advocates have concerns. Not good enough, they say. And we'll get into why... And uh, actually, this calls for, I believe, because what we're talking about, proposed biome, you know, this is manure digester, 
uh, material that we're talking about here. We know about this here in Whatcom County, and they do some of this on the east side as well, and they're talking about a really big effort to do that. And, and they're not talking about just producing electricity. They're talking about taking that methane and then, you know, putting that into the system, like burn it like natural gas, you know, run trucks on it, or, or you know, who knows exactly how all the system works. But it sounds like a great idea, right? Nope. Uh, environmental advocates have concerns. So what this calls for is a little bit of a science lesson this morning on carbon and cows and how it actually works. And sadly, we're having to tell this, you know, blowing back against people who say they're all about the science, but really it seems to be not scientific at all. Joining me right now with the Washington State Dairy Federation, uh, Jay Gordon, welcome to the program. Jay, first off, you're quoted in this article that I just read the headline from the uh, Yakima Herald on, and generally they're, they're talking basically about doing a big project out there. Again, this is still just in the planning proposal stages over in Sunnyside to basically, yeah, capture a lot of methane from the dairy farms manure out there and do good things with it, right? Absolutely. And good morning, Dylan. Thanks for being here. So explain, you know, uh, environmental advocates have concerns right off the bat. Well, of course, who do they go to? And somebody we've talked about before on this program, Jean Mendoza, friend, a volunteer with Friends of Toppenish Creek. This is a this is a frequent flyer over there. Anything that a dairy farm ever does is uh, in her crosshairs. Um, she's raised a lot of fuss over there over the years, caused a lot of heartache, um, and has a clear biased, bent, and it's not based in science, but she says that uh, this could be a bad thing. How, what's, what's really going on here? How, I, this is about taking methane out of the atmosphere and using it for something good, right? Yes, it is, very much. Explain how the project would work. So, first, let me answer your question about Gene. Yeah. Um, you know, it, anytime a dairy farmer does anything good, it doesn't matter to Gene. She wants the dairy farmer to leave, mm -hmm. go away, stop, go out of business. That's her goal. She's stated it right to the face of our dairymen in Yakima numerous times. Her answer isn't solving problems. It's she wants them to go away leave die yep. move to argentina i don't it, who knows and do what know drink she, drink it, oat milk and eat tofu I, it, or done, done, we don't get that far she just wants the dairy farmers gone <laughs> so yeah it, the, the conversation doesn't last a long time once yeah. somebody says i want you gone and that's my solution set um so yeah let's you know let's dive into the you know what this plant and what digesters actually are doing and so you know jump in dylan well, yeah, okay, they're talking about, like, we summarized, and, and we know about this here in Whatcom County because it happens to a certain degree. You capture the methane that's produced when you store cow manure, and instead of just releasing it into the atmosphere, because that's a concern for climate change, it's capturing it and using it for something, right? And 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 I don't know if, you know, I sh I'm remiss here that I haven't followed up on what was going on with Edeline uh, up here. If they were capturing actual biomethane or they're still producing electricity there with their generator, which, which route that they've gone. I know there was talk of that. But this is kind of the newer concept of taking these manure digesters, right, and, and actually using the methane itself to ship it elsewhere for people to 
fuel things, maybe trucks, maybe other things. So, so there's really two pathways. You, you obviously start, you know, you start with a methane, um, you know, maybe I need to back up a little bit sure. here. So you want to have a science conversation? Yeah, well, let's, let's have, let's have the science lesson with Jay Gordon okay. right here. Okay, let's start with a simple first, which is, you know, what farmers do, and it doesn't matter whether you're a dairyman or a wheat farmer or a tree grower or whatever, apple, berries, raspberries, you know, what we do is we utilize, basically we're a solar system. <laughs> we, mm-hmm. we grab the sun, yep. uh, we use photosynthesis to make, uh, corn or wheat or raspberries in Watkin County. You don't forget about the blueberries. I, I'll have the yep. blueberry farmers mad at me. Yep. No, but we'll go with the blueberries <laughs> as well. You, you, you take carbon dioxide out of the atmosphere with photosynthesis and you make carbohydrates, sugar in the case of blueberries and raspberries, starch in the case of corn silage. Mm-hmm. So on a dairy farm, you make that cor- you grow that corn silage by taking carbon dioxide out of the air. You make carbohydrate. You make corn. Corn goes into a cow. She makes milk. You know, and uh, beef. maybe you, maybe you make and, and some meat. You know, a, an average cow in Washington makes about twenty five hundred pounds of cheese. If you're in Sunnyside, so you get twenty five hundred pizzas. You get some meat, and then she makes manure. And what methane digesters do is they say, okay. Um, we're going to take that manure and we're going to make sure we catch the methane coming off that manure. And we're going to either, uh, well, mostly what they're saying is we're going to use it to catch and, and provide a fuel, natural gas. It's a renewable natural gas. And when you burn that methane, that, that one molecule of carbon, four hydrogens, you make water and carbon dioxide, and the cycle starts all over again every year. That's what farmers do, is they take methane, or they take carbon dioxide and sunlight and some seeds and some fertilizer and some water. They grow things, but really they're pulling carbon dioxide out of the air, putting it into food, and then at the end of the year it goes back into the atmosphere, and you start all over again. And it's been going since time immemorial. (laughs) Since farmers were invented. (laughs) <laughs> to, to use a favorite term, um, and again, we're yep. talking with Jay Gordon with the Washington State Dairy Federation uh, right now. Uh, it started with a kind of a funky headline and, and interesting um, activist pushback against something that something good that farmers are trying to do over in Sunnyside, dairy farmers, something that farmers, some farmers here in Whatcom County are already doing. Um, but it prompted kind of the need for a science lesson on, on this whole idea of Carbon dioxide. So, just uh, not to belabor the point too much, but what we're talking—you're talking about two different things here: methane and carbon mm-hmm. dioxide. They're both greenhouse gases, right? But methane yep. is like twenty, sometimes more potent or or bad as far as being a greenhouse gas. Methane is is twenty five times more potent as a greenhouse gas than carbon dioxide, and it lasts about ten to twelve years in the atmosphere. So it's a fairly short lived gas, and it breaks down to carbon dioxide eventually, it, right? But it does it, more it, harm yeah. before yep. it does that. Yep. So you, you methane's not good, and and right. and so you know, twenty five years ago, everybody said to dairymen, you guys need to put your manure in lagoons. You can't be running it out on honey wagons and and spreading it willy-nilly and and having it run down into the oyster beds. So put your manure in in a lagoon and protect the environment, do good things. 
and then use it for fertilizer in the in the spring and the summer. Well, when you do that, a lagoon produces methane. Well, 25 years ago, nobody gave a darn about methane. Now, really coming out of California, mm-hmm. they've said, you know, if you could catch that methane and destroy it, and whether that's to, you know, catch it and burn it in a flare, catch it, scrub it, put it in a pipeline so a, a, a truck could use it for fuel, a renewable fuel, or whether you could put it in an engine, which is most of what your Whatcom digesters are doing, yep. put it in an engine and make renewable electricity out of it. Oh, okay. And so that's really what this is about in Yakima. They've been doing it in California. They're doing it in Oregon. It's spreading. You know, Europe is, has, has an amazing amount of digesters in Europe. Um, you know, may have something to do with we'd rather get natural gas from from cows and from corn than from some guy named Putin in Russia. Um, <laughs> yep. it, you know, just there's a little national security issue in, uh, yep. you know, Germany and Denmark and Norway and Finland. And, yep. and and so let's let's find a different source of fuel. And, you know, whether we're turning cow manure into methane or using food waste and putting it in a digester to make methane. You don't want that methane to go in the air. You want to burn it and put it back into CO2 so that you can start that whole cycle over again every year and grow food. And, and, then and, the, and the carbon that's in it came mm-hmm. out of the air to begin yep. with. As you explain that cycle, carbon becoming carbohydrates within a plant, animal eating the plant, making food. You know, in this cycle that you're describing, the, the food that's produced by the animals is just a byproduct then of the system. The energy mm-hmm. that's produced then if methane is burned to basically mm-hmm. destroy it and turn it into carbon and water then that's another byproduct and the cycle continues. It's not new carbon entering the atmosphere. It's carbon that had already been there, unlike fossil fuels. Yep. Yep. It's not 200 year old carbon that was put in the ground, you know, pick your epoch. I mean, it, 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 farmers are doing your, your every year, you know, on my farm, I'm I'm growing wheat and I'm growing corn and I'm growing grass and I'm growing alfalfa. And every year that those plants are pulling the carbon dioxide out of the air, making those products with photosynthesis. We harvest them. I mean, most farmers probably don't think this way, but really it is, it's a solar system that says we're yeah. going to capture solar energy, make carbohydrates, make protein, make feed. You know, we call it hay or, you know, meat Silence. and milk, yeah. uh, manure. And then you do it all over again. And so this is really, you know, what Yakima and what California and Oregon and Washington are really starting to ramp up more and more. We've got digesters, obviously, in the state that have been here for 20 years, 25 years. But with the, you know, with the new programs out of Washington and, or, uh, excuse me, out of Olympia along the West Coast, they're saying we want you to make more um, renewable fuels. We want you to make more electricity that's renewable. We want you to make sure you're not releasing you know, highly potent gases like methane, mm-hmm. uh, and 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 that's what we're doing. So, that's, if you think about it, back to you know this not being new carbon in the system. That's that's why there's so much that's ridiculous, really, about the accusation about the carbon footprint of beef and dairy specifically, because they're saying, well, there's all these cows, and they're producing all these greenhouse gases. When in reality, it, all those greenhouse gases are just a product of carbon that was already in the atmosphere, went into plants, went through the cycle that we just described. And even prior to cattle being here, there were huge herds of 
you know, bison and other ruminants who are doing the same thing. And you look at the numbers, they're actually fairly similar, if not larger, uh, in those natural populations from eons ago doing the same thing. The only difference here that we're talking about, again, like you described, is storing manure, which didn't happen for eons up until 20, 30 years ago when it really became a, a thing with, again, a, a specific good environmental purpose and a nutrient management purpose. Purpose, but that's created the methane thing. So here we're doing something to try to mitigate that, a problem caused by a different solution, and it's not good enough yet, which is what's so frustrating. Again, uh, I'm Dylan Honkoop here uh, ranting just for a second on the Farming Show with Jay Gordon with the Washington State Dairy Federation. So here's the whole cycle. Here's the whole problem. Um, then uh, what what to be done about this what what what's the issue here why why would anybody have a problem with it? what's the real argument again i'm just i'm you know I, some people just don't like people keeping animals i guess uh they don't like dairy farms um you know everybody's got a right to their opinion yeah um i i, I just i really look at this as simply you know, farmers have been providing food for a long time. This is another way to provide a fuel source that um, reduces the climate impact uh, of of storing methane or storing manure and, and, and releasing methane, which for 25, 30, 40, 50 years, I mean, I own a lagoon on my farm that's right at 50 years old. It's a great lagoon. I love it to death. Must it's be a, one of it's the originals, great. man. Yeah, it's it's a great lagoon that, you know, it's been used to store manure and, and fertilizer and, and it's a great tool on our farm to make sure we're recycling nutrients every year. But, you know, lately everybody's going, can we want you to manage it a little differently? We want you to either catch that gas or reduce that gas or flare that gas or, you know, not let that methane get into the atmosphere and, and um, it, it, you know, reduce the greenhouse gas impacts. And so, you know, Olympia has spent a lot of time passing a lot of legislation over the last couple of years, as has Oregon and California and, and the United States and Europe, saying we want you to do things a little differently. And, it's, and, and so when somebody says, oh, my gosh, you know, you farmers, you're doing something different, but it's not good enough. We want you to just die and go away. Yeah, it's a little disconcerting. But at the end of the day, you got to go, OK, humans still have to eat. They still need farmers. <laughs> Everybody that I know still likes ice cream and cheese on their pizza. Um, yeah. Well, and so we've got to figure out how to feed people and make fuel. And California dairymen have really been very successful in that. And um, yeah. So well, G the quote from Gene Mendoza again, the activist that we talked about earlier. This is in this Yakima Herald article where the uh, the environmental activists are expressing how the good thing for the environment that the dairy farmers are planning or hoping to do is not good enough them her quote was quote if we didn't raise animals in concentrated animal feeding operations and store manure in anaerobic lagoons we wouldn't have methane emissions in the first place she said the only methane we're capturing is what's produced in manure lagoons so what's her solution there if you think about that there is no solution to that. Well, she's saying we shouldn't be raising animals in concentrated uh, animal feeding operations, ca ca CAFOs or CAFOs, so depending how, on how you pronounce it. I well, call then, it a then, barn. Then, then what would you do? You'd have tr animals um, out in the field pooping near the stream, and not you wouldn't have control over the, those 
nutrients and potential contaminants. You wouldn't have control over the, the, the pollution concerns there. That's the whole reason those anaerobic lagoons that she despises exist in the first place. They're also there to protect groundwater, which she has made more of a fuss about than anything over the years. Yet she wants those to go away, which would make the problem more. It just doesn't make sense. Um, to wrap up, though, before and we're almost out of time, explain what's going on in, in Olympia right now, just in a nutshell, as far as furthering this conversation, not in the direction that these activists want, but in something that's actually beneficial, um, both to the farming community and to the environment. So, you know, I think we've got the luxury. This session is going to be a lot of fun um, on this topic. You know, California has led the way. The voting is done. The cap and trade and cap and invest programs in Washington, the low carbon fuel standard are now state law. They've been in place for a couple of years. They're being implemented this year. Um, and, and we're really into implementation. Voting's done. The arguments are done. We're going to go this way. And agriculture, you know, really looking into California's experience has a role to play, and especially dairy and, and livestock. But, you know, I think the rest of agriculture also has a role to play and how do we farm uh, and reduce our impact on climate gases? How do we farm? And, you know, farmers can do things that most people can't. If you live in an apartment in Seattle, you can't sequester carbon by increasing organic matter on, you know, two, five, six hundred acres, a thousand acres, yeah. five thousand acres. Yeah. If you're a wheat farmer, you can do things that the rest of society can't. And what I see is 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 this system really does set up a system that says, Hey, I live in Seattle. I would like to have renewable energy. I'd like to have less carbon. I can't do anything in an apartment building, but I'll pay the timber farmers or timber growers and the farmers to help produce a renewable fuel to sequester and reduce their carbon emissions. Um, you know, let's incentivize that. That's really what California has done. We have the luxury of looking to California. I'm working on legislation right now that really is mirroring what California and Oregon have done. Um, and for farmers, this is an opportunity. As I said, we get to do things that, you know, we feed people, but we obviously get to do things like have the ability to increase our carbon sequestration, reduce our carbon footprint, whether it's catching methane or, or um, you know, reducing the fuel in our tractors or fertilizer. Um, and so, you know, it, it's a nice position for farmers, yeah. actually. This will be weird. But it's a great message that farmers can do things to help in this effort that a lot of other people in society yeah, far can't. Farmers need to be the environmental heroes here rather than the environmental bad guys. When you look at the actual facts and step aside from the PR, the activists, the anger out there that's been drummed up when you look at it by people with totally different motives than what uh, appears yep. on the surface. We're out of time. Jay Gordon, keep up the good work. We're going to be touching base with you again, I'm sure, as this, as you talk about this legislative session is just about to start. There's a lot to come on this. Um, and it sounds like cool things are, are in the works, so we'll, we'll need an update as we go. Jay Gordon with the Washington State Dairy Federation, uh, thanks for your time this morning. We appreciate it. Thanks, Dylan. You bet.